Hello, and welcome to the Wicked Wednesdays podcast. I'm coming to you from an undisclosed location somewhere on the beautiful Gulf Coast of Florida. We had to kind of get out of town for a while. Not fleeing anything aside from the fact that we were all a bit stir-crazy with being locked inside for a month. I know a lot of you have been going through the same thing. So we have decided to move our self-quarantine location a few hundred miles south because, well, it's beautiful here. Last week we talked about submission and I had some thoughts on submission in the fact that I feel it's often disparaged, it's often looked down upon. Um, There were some things I wanted to mention in that podcast and having listened to it, realized, oh, I should have said X. So I wanted to add a couple things to that. One is that you know, why do I admire submissives so much? I think a lot of it is just the courage that it takes. It takes a great deal of courage to be a submissive and to place your safety and your heart and your emotional well-being into the hands of another person, right? And that takes a great leap of faith. I've never met a submissive that was a coward, which is, I know, we tend to think of that as an oxymoron, but it's absolutely true. In the BDSM world, anyway, all the submissives that I know are very courageous because what we as dominants ask submissives to do takes a great deal of courage. So that's you know, it's one of the reasons why I admire submissives. I talked about the fact that accepting yourself as a submissive in a world that does not value submissiveness is its own form of courage. I talked about the fact that, as a submissive person, choosing who to give that submission to takes a great deal of wisdom and courage. For me, a lot of the reason I admire submissives is their courage. Um, I wanted to emphasize that, as I forgot to emphasize it last week. This week, we're going to read from the mailbag, of course, and I'd also like to talk a bit more about getting started in porn. We talked about how we got started, and this week I would like to talk about just some tips, um, things I've learned along the way that might help other producers get started on this path. So, you've signed up for Pornhub, and a lot of what I'm saying will apply to any of the video sharing services, but since my experience is entirely with Pornhub, you can assume that anything I'm saying is directed specifically at Pornhub. So they have a verification program where in order to be a verified model on Pornhub, you have to upload ID and you know fill out some paperwork with them that you then send in. Sometimes they will ask you for additional forms of ID or they'll have you hold your picture up next to you so that they can see that it's you. And I do appreciate that with them. They They're working hard, obviously, because they need to cover their own interests. They need to protect themselves. Because if an underage person were to upload content, you know, there is some liability for them. So this way, at least they can say, look, we have age verification. We make sure that these people are of age, etc. It wouldn't bother me at all if they actually, in order to log on to Pornhub, you had to do that. I know that would be much more difficult for them. They have billions of visitors, but, you know, simply clicking a checkbox that says, I am 18, you know, that's not a very strong deterrent. And I do feel like 
there are probably more kids on Pornhub than there should be. That's not my issue. I, I do, I think that we have some arbitrary lines as far as what people can see and how that works on you know, sex education and understanding things. At the same time, you know, we create really rough pornography and that, I don't feel like, should be your first exposure to human sexuality. That's, that's me. Someone else may disagree and they think that, you know, just throw them in at the deep end. Personally, I think that it's probably better to start off a bit more um, subtle, a bit more gentle than what we do. What we do is kind of high-end, pro-level, intensity sexual content. So you have become a verified Pornhub model, and they're pretty quick about it. They got the most recent model that I had verified. They verified her the same day. I think we uploaded her information in the morning, and by the afternoon, somebody had looked through her stuff and said that it was good. You know, now what? Now what do you do? That depends on what kind of videos you want to make. And there are as many different niches for consumers on Pornhub as there are for producers. You can do what we did, which is I started making the kind of content I wanted to see. That's a good start. That's going to be your passion. That's going to be something you're interested in. If what you like to see happens to be a very oversaturated segment of Pornhub, then you might have to find a way to distinguish yourself, find a way to branch out. Unless you're just ludicrously attractive and people would pay money to just see you be you, then you will have to find some way of making yourself stand out from the rest. Decent video quality. That's kind of a number one. A few years ago, that was more difficult. But right now, almost every modern cell phone camera records better video than you know, pro equipment from 10 years ago. So if you have a decent cell phone, you already have the makings of a good porn video. Number two is lighting. And I talked about this briefly before. The more light you can have on the subject, the more light that you're bouncing off of the subject into the camera, you tend to get a better result. Unless it's, you know, shining off of the model's skin so brightly that it whites out. But that's fairly uncommon. So the more light, usually the better. So there's a lot of stuff that we've done that's done in low light. I know that. I know that as we've gotten better, as we've started to use more better looking video, we have really started to work with lights. And you can get simple lights on Amazon. Ring lights work very well. You know, it's a, a hoop light that you then put the camera in the center of. So whatever the camera is pointing at, is well lit in a radius that's very flattering to the facial features and everything else. So ring lights are good, and you can get cheap ring lights on Amazon, I want to say under $50. Um, LED panel lights are also very good, and one nice thing about them is they have color balancing. You can change the intensity and temperature of the color. You know, stepping up from your cell phone, if you can get a small camcorder, you know, we produce a lot of our stuff on a Canon Pixia. It's a very convenient camcorder for us. It's small. It has a screen we can turn around to use as a monitor. That's very helpful. It has good stabilization, so when we're doing handheld shots, it's less bouncy and jiggly than it used to be. Bouncy and jiggly is great on a porn star. It's not so great on the camera. I've found that using that as our handheld camera makes our POV shots much smoother and much nicer to look at. Try and set up your camera far enough away 
from the action that you can actually see what's going on. So a lot of times when people send me videos or when I look at videos on Pornhub, it's too close. You know, you're right up on the models and it's too difficult to see what's going on. That especially happens with cell phone cameras. You know, people are having sex, they grab the cell phone, and you can only get the phone so far away from you to get the picture. Sometimes those videos can be very hot. Most of the time, they're very shaky. You can't see what's going on. The audio is really bad. And they're just, they're not fun to watch. And so that's the key. You know, think about if you were watching porn, do you want to see the camera shaking around? Do you not want to be able to see what's going on, etc.? So take some time to set the camera up far enough away from you that you can see the action. Invest in a cell phone camera mount. You can get them extremely cheaply at any gas station. Just a spring-loaded clip that holds onto the camera that can be mounted to any tripod or gorilla grip system or, you know, even helps you balance it on a table if that's all you have. But try and get the camera away, far enough away, that you can capture some of the action. Sound is crucial. And I know that, you know, again, if you go back to some of our earlier videos, the sound is not good. And so we've learned as we've moved on. For sound, it's really good if you can have a separate sound source. So, you know, professionally they have a boom mic and they have other ways of recording that aren't coming directly from the camera because the camera is not always in the best position to get the sound. And on a lot of cell phone videos on Pornhub, obviously the cell phone is going to be being held by who's ever taken the video. That's usually the guy, but not always. And if it's held with the guy, then it's going to be closer to him. So this is something that we've run into a lot. Guys who watch porn generally are doing it in a wish fulfillment way, meaning that they want to replace the person in the video with themselves. So they want to be the one having sex with the girl, and they want to forget that the guy is there. So if they can hear the guy, and they can see the guy, and the guy is very present in the video, that's going to be less appealing to about 75% of the porn market. We've been trying to straddle that. We've been trying to make content that guys want to see, at the same time realizing that our female fans and our gay fans like seeing me and like hearing me and like having more of me in the video. So there is a balance for us. Um, and I'm trying to address that, and I will address that more as we make more videos. You know, we might make more videos that are very catered to a female gaze or a homosexual gaze. I have no problem with that. But I can tell you that on our, our straight line videos, the ones that we put out for the general public, I get a lot of commentary, you know. Man, I wish he would shut up. I can't stand hearing him. I don't want to see him, etc. And I, I get that. I understand where they're coming from. Because, again, they want to forget that I'm there so that they can project themselves into the video and that enhances their sexual pleasure and enjoyment. So on sound, if you're the guy holding the camera, be cognizant of that. Be quiet. If that kind of video you want to make is made for a straight porn audience, you probably want to be quiet because your standard porn viewer is going to want to hear the female in the video, not the male in the video. So ideally, you can put a microphone or some way of recording her by her. So if she's facing away from you, 
the microphone should be on her, not on the guy. If she's facing towards you, it should be closer to her head than to your head. That's assuming you have some way of recording audio separately. So let's say you don't. Let's say the only thing you can do is use an iPhone or an Android. Be aware of how much sound you're making as the guy. You'll have more success if you are quieter. And that's, that's just the way it is. Another thing that I often see when I'm watching homemade porn, the kind of porn that I like to watch, is not really showing a full session, if that makes sense. A lot of times clips will be uploaded and it's two or three minutes maximum. It starts in the middle and it ends before the end. That can be rather unsatisfying when you're watching porn. You know, we try for a five minute video minimum. I know that some of our earlier stuff was shorter than that. I would go for five minutes minimum. 10 minutes is a better length for free versions of a video. 10 minutes gives enough time for people that take a long time to orgasm. It can be very frustrating for people who do like to take their time and do take longer to orgasm to start their favorite video and then the video ends before they have a chance to climax. And then they have to stop and either rewind it or find another video. Um, that 10 minute mark is a good one. Like, that's a good amount of time for someone to come, for someone to orgasm. So yeah, we do shoot for 10 minutes on our free versions. So yeah, a two minute clip, if I had a bunch of two minute clips, then maybe you know slice those together and make a five minute or a 10 minute clip. It can be, you know, you can move from one session to another session to another session. I would recommend that versus putting up a two minute clip. I think you'll have more success with a longer clip than a short clip. One of Pornhub's, you know, terms and conditions of services do not put up a bunch of short clips, but rather a longer video. I can tell you personally, they don't enforce that very strongly, but that could be a reason for them to take down your video. You know, when we record, we'll often break a long session into more than one video. And the reason we do that is we will often have distinct scenes within one longer video. So we may start with just a regular sensual or rough sex scene and do 10, 15 minutes of that. And then we will move into, say, a hard anal scene or a kinky scene or a much rougher sex scene. For us, they're fairly distinct. And what we will do is we'll release both of them. Here is the rough sex. Here is the anal vid. And then we make the entire video available for sale. I'm going to get back to that when I talk about how to market. Right now I'm just talking about you know, producing your actual videos. So yeah, you've got an iPhone. That's the only thing you've got. You know, take some time. Do a bit of establishing. An establishing shot is just, here's the situation. Perhaps it's, you know, here's the bedroom. Here's the person that I'm going to have sex with, you know, and they're laid out on the bed and they look nice. And then now we're going to move into, you know, a little bit of foreplay, perhaps, you know, tell a story with this. It's, I personally get a little tired of videos that are just, you know, cut in on sex already in, in progress, cut out on, you know, before you reach orgasm. That's a very unsatisfying video for me. Don't take forever setting things up. If you watch your views, you'll see that if you take too long getting to the action, you lose your viewers before anything happens. You know, people don't want to scrub, they will just, they'll just ghost. And don't take forever, but you know, show me what's going on. Show me who we're dealing with. Show me what's going to happen in this scene. 
and then work on getting into the scene. That makes it much more enjoyable from a consumer standpoint. And then, you know, have your scene. Even if you're working with one camera, even if all you have is a cell phone, that doesn't mean you can't have different angles. You can set up the camera on a nightstand so you both are in frame, do your thing, have sex for a while, and then move the camera, move it to the other side, or change positions. Keep it fresh. You know, just watching people in one position for five minutes is probably not going to hold an audience's attention. You know, I do cut our videos. You know, I, don't, I try not to make them too frenetic, but I do like to have some variety, some variation, because that's what I like when I'm watching porn. I'm sure there's consumers out there that just want me to put the camera on one position and do the entire take and, and then hit send. That's not the kind of videos we make. So I'm sure that there is a content producer out there that does that. I like to have variety. When I'm watching porn, I like variety. I like to see different angles. I like to see some on the model's face and now some on her body and some on the action in general, maybe a POV shot. I like all that stuff. So that's what I try to have in our videos. You know, also in our feedback, we've also seen, you know, oh, I wish you would do more POV. Or, oh, I wish I could see this position. I wish I could see more of your face. That's counteracted by the people that don't want to see any of my face. So I do what I can. It's not that I'm shy. It's that, you know, this. So, yeah, even with a single iPhone, you can have different scenes for your video. You can have different camera angles and different setups. Yes, that means that you need to be cognizant of what's going on while you're filming. And that can take practice and that can take time that can take a lot of energy away from your sex. So be cautious about that. When you get into making porn, you're monetizing your sexuality. And it's very healthy to make it very separate from your romantic life, from your general sex life. Because the temptation is always there to, oh, we're having sex, well, we better grab the camera, we better record this. Make sure that you have time set aside to have sex without a camera running. Because otherwise, especially for your partner, you know, it can get very frustrating and very discouraging if every time they're feeling intimate, you run and grab a camera. You know, I've, I've certainly been guilty of that. I've been very cognizant of the fact that I need to not film everything I do. And it's hard sometimes. You'll be having sex and it's fun and you're having a really good time and you know, oh, this would look great. This would be a great video. But have the willpower to not film everything. Have the willpower to have some private, intimate time. Otherwise, you will get burned out on filming every time you have sex or feeling like you have to film every time you have sex. Whatever works for you, but bear that in mind. Don't film everything you do unless you really enjoy it. If you guys enjoy it and having the camera running, you know, adds to your sex life and makes it more exciting, that's fine. But communicate with your partner and the people that you're filming with, make sure they're okay with it and try to break out of the habit of feeling like every time you're naked with another person, there should be a camera running. Along those lines, not everyone is cut out to be a porn actor. If you have very low sexual stamina, that's going to make it difficult for you to film. Some tips on that, you know, you can do what the pros do, and they often will film the cum shot first, a little behind the scenes there. 
early on in the filming, you do the come shot scene, then you take a break, recover, and then when you can be aroused again, then have sex again. Most guys, once they've had an orgasm, they don't come again very quickly. So if you have a problem of, you know, you usually have sex for three minutes and then you orgasm, you can't not orgasm, then yeah, you may want to try that. You start filming, have your orgasm, film it, take a break, and then go back and do more positioning, bearing in mind that when it gets time to finish the film, you'll want to arrange it so that you can then seamlessly transition into the cum shot scene. How important are cum shot scenes? Very. It's, it's on Pornhub's website, you know, on their recommendations for how to make a good video, they say, people want to see a cum shot. I found in my stuff, people want to see a cum shot. And from me watching porn, and I don't know why, this is probably definitely a guy thing, if a porn video ends before a climax and before a cum shot, then I do feel let down, I do feel unfulfilled by that. I don't know. That could be being programmed by watching porn for years, or it could just be that there's a release, there's a vicarious release in watching that. Whatever it is, I can tell you that it is important in a porn video. So if you have to cheat a little bit and film that first, and then insert that at the end of your video, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I've certainly done it. Most of the time, that's not an issue for me. I have the other issue. For me, it's very difficult to climax. And so I can have sex for a very long time without having to worry about having a climax too soon. My problem is that when I get to the end of a video and it's time for that cum shot, it can be difficult for me to climax. Something that I've done, I do tend to film most of my climaxes because they happen so rarely for me. Have I taken a, you know, a climax from a scene that had nothing to do with the video we're shooting and inserted that into the scene? Absolutely. And that's, that's just the way it is. That's movie magic. If that's an issue for you, if you're a guy that has a hard time climaxing, you may want to save, save those for a rainy day. Save that, that climax scene so that you can insert it later. So we've talked about you know using one camera, setting it up in different ways. When I say using a different sound source, you can use another phone. You can either record a voice memo, you know, they'll record for a long time, or just record another video that you're not really shooting from. But once you start having more than one audio stream or video stream, then you will need to have some kind of editing software. So that's what I want to move into next. If you film everything on an iPhone, on one iPhone, you can then edit together a very decent video in a program like iMovie or one of the many other app-based editing software programs that you can run right there on your phone. And there are porn videos online that I put up that I shot on an iPhone, edited on an iPhone, and put up you know, the same day, never having left the comfort of my iPhone. It's limiting because you can only work with one video source, you know, whatever's on your camera roll. You can only work with whatever audio is on your camera roll, and unless I'm mistaken, you can't bring in audio from a different source into iMovie. I may be wrong on that, but obviously whatever is in the camera is what's easiest to edit in iMovie, but it has transitions. You can edit, you can do a bit of color correction, you can do a bit of lighting correction, you can produce a fairly good quality video right on your phone. However, it is limiting. If, you, if you're an Apple person and you have an Apple computer, 
you now have the, the desktop version of I, iMovie, which is another, it's a fairly powerful editing software. And I'm not going to go into an in-depth tutorial on how to edit on iMovie. I just want to put out there that having some kind of editing software will make your films better. Being able to cut out, you know, position changes, which can be, are usually pretty awkward and not necessarily fun to watch. But if you have editing software, you can tell the story that you want to tell with your video. And if you, while you were having sex and filming it, if you didn't make a nice arc from starting slow and getting more intense and getting more intense and then a big climax and then an end, you know, say you guys went hard at first and then you got kind of smooth and soft for a while and then maybe you did some oral stuff and then you did something else. If you want to create that arc, it's very easy with editing software. You can take that scene and move it to the front and that front scene and move it to the back, take that cum shot you film first, put it at the end. You know, don't be afraid to do that. There's nothing wrong with telling the story that you want to tell. That's how you make movies. You don't start a movie on day one and end on, you know, end at the end of the movie, usually. You film what's convenient. And sometimes what's convenient isn't necessarily what's happening at the moment. So yeah, editing software is a great, um, a great asset to a porn producer. Once we had been making porn for a while, I kind of outgrew what our editing program could do. I was working in iMovie, the native free version. I moved up to Final Cut Pro, which was an expensive program. I think it's three or four hundred dollars. And at the time, we weren't making that much from porn. But I was, I had a balance that I thought, you know, we're going to keep doing this. Eventually this program will pay for itself. And it did. One of the reasons it pays for itself is that it makes editing faster. It's a very powerful program. There's a lot of things it does that the iMovie does not. And it was crucial for me because I do tend to blur models' faces on occasion. Uh, that's not even a function available in iMovie that I know of. Um, it's not easy to do in Final Pro, but it can be done. You know, better transitioning tools, much better color editing tools. And I'm getting better on color editing. Sometimes what the camera sees looks so very different from reality and sometimes skin tones can get really odd and greenish or you know things just don't look right and from scene to scene even though they're shot from the same camera in the same room it can look like a completely different day and you have to then go back and balance the color so that when you cut between the two not everybody cares about this I promise you but when you cut between the two it doesn't it isn't so jarring to the viewer if you're going to do this, if you're going to do, be serious about it, if you've been making porn for a while and you're feeling limited by your editing software, don't be afraid to step up. You know, there's a learning curve. You can find tutorials. Um, once you master that new, more powerful editing software, you'll produce better videos and it'll take less time to do it. So it does pay for itself pretty quickly. Recording on one device, like an iPhone, can be limiting, but it can be done. What I like to do, for the videos that we shoot, I tend to record with two cameras. I'll place one camera, it's kind of the main action camera, that sees the whole picture, you know, it's far enough away from the models that all of both models are in frame. Because I can always go back and crop down later. If I want to emphasize a specific part, I can crop in, but you can't crop out if you don't have the footage. And I usually have a secondary camera so, for example, if we're doing split screen, one camera will be 45 degrees behind us, 
and the other camera will be 45 degrees in front of us. That, between those two cameras, you can see almost everything without having to move very much. Then I will often keep my iPhone or the Canon handy for doing insert POV shots. I don't do as many POV shots as I probably should. Um, when I do, I use the, a third camera, whatever is happened to be handy. Both of those cameras tend to have a light behind them. It can be difficult to make sure that the light from one camera isn't overloading the other camera. Um, I'm getting better at that. Sometimes I, I don't get it right. So be cognizant of when you're doing a two-camera setup that the light from your main camera isn't blinding your B camera. Once you get set up, you know, it can be very difficult to monitor what's going on in the cameras, you know, especially couples that film themselves. Seeing what the camera sees can be difficult. I mentioned earlier that the, the Vixia has a monitor on it, but it's very small. So if you can't see it clearly or if you're fairly far away from it, it's only so good for deciding, does this angle look good? A lot of cameras now, um, iPhones can do this, and even you know some older cameras are equipped with Wi-Fi, and they can project whatever's being recorded to an iPad or an iPhone, and you can use that as a monitor. And if you watch some of our videos, you'll, you'll see sometimes I don't get the monitor out of view, and you can see one of our monitors. I use an iPad with a camera that has Wi-Fi enabling, so that I, I can see what the camera's seeing on an iPad that I can then put out of frame, so that while I'm performing, I can see what I'm doing. I can see what the camera sees anyway. And I can know, oh, I need to turn, you know, so that I'm facing the right direction. Oh, if I, if I move back, now you can see enough of the model. It can be very frustrating to go through a whole session and then look at the video and say, oh, if I had moved back, then I wouldn't have blocked this shot. This shot is useless now because I couldn't see what was happening. So yeah, take advantage of that technology if your camera allows it to have a monitor where you can see it. You know, if that doesn't work, a lot, a lot of times camcorders have HDMI outputs you can plug into a TV. It's a bit more cumbersome, but if you're near a TV, you can then plug into the TV, use the TV as the monitor, so that while you're performing, you can look over and see on the TV, oh, we're in frame. Otherwise, you have to just guess, and guessing can be very difficult. I have a lot of footage that would have normally been very good, but I've had to throw it away because I was out of frame or the model was half in frame or I was blocking the shot or whatever. Now that I'm monitoring the camera setups, I throw away a lot less footage and I spend a lot less time wondering and trying to run back and forth to the camera to know if I'm getting a good shot or not. It makes it much more fluid. If you are in a situation where there's a third person that can film for you, that's great. I know I said earlier that I don't tend to like to watch porn where I can tell there's a cameraman. It takes me out of the moment. If you do have a third person filming, they should be as unobtrusive as possible in the filmmaking process. You know, they should position the camera and maybe move the camera if need be. But I would avoid having them follow and move the camera in a way that tells the viewer, oh, there's a third person in the room moving the camera. That may not be a big deal for a lot of people. It is for me. It, it does take me out of the moment, so I wouldn't do it. Other people don't care, so whatever works for you, whatever movie you want to make, make that movie. This is just advice from what I've learned. 
being able to monitor yourself using a pro software tool or just any kind of film editing tool on a computer will help you make better porn. I think that that covers what I wanted to talk about as far as making your first porn videos. Um, just some tips on, you know, if you are limited on your video capability, how you can make better quality vids even with an iPhone. And I might, I might do a tutorial sometime if I think that might be received well of, you know, showing how we set up, showing how you can use a single camera to create a pretty good porn video. Let me know in the comments if you would, if you'd like to watch that. Or if you're a, a new producer starting out, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to answer questions and give any advice that I can and help out any way that I can. Next time, we'll get into getting your stuff on Pornhub and getting an audience to see it. More on marketing. But I feel like marketing your stuff is a whole other conversation. And this is getting a little long anyway. Hopefully you can hear any of this, because I don't know how loud the ocean is. But if you think I'm going to go inside when the ocean is right there, probably not. So, let's take a look at our mailbag, show. We had a bunch of good comments this week. One, and I would like to make this request for new producers, and producers in general that aren't new. I know that a lot of the spam that we get is not generated by people. I get that. That it's bots that leave comments, and the comments are always links to other stuff, usually Snapchat. Those Snapchat bots, man. Pornhub has got to find a way to get rid of those. But something that I see fairly frequently, and I don't, I don't like this, it's against the Pornhub terms and conditions of service, first of all, is going into another person's comment section and advertising your videos. That's against the rules. You're not supposed to do that. It's very, you know, it's pretty low class. It's not very cool, especially when it's clear you didn't even watch the video, you didn't like the video, you didn't subscribe to the person that you're using for advertising. You know, if you do that on our videos, I will report it and I do block you from ever doing it again. You know, if you want a hand, if you want help, if you want help getting your videos out there, reach out. I'm happy to feature other models on our page. I will promote you, I'll tweet you, I'll Instagram you. You know, if your videos are good, I'll put them on our phone page. But if you drop into our comment section and you say, hey, come check out my videos, and you put a link to your video, don't do that. That's not cool. So we had a bunch of that this week. A bunch of people got reported. A bunch of people got blocked. You know, I know that just me blocking a person isn't the end of their Pornhub channel. However, I can tell you, if a if number of people block you, but if a number of people report you, they'll take your channel away. So don't, don't do it. It's not worth it. Stand on your own two feet. Lost Little writes, I love this. Thank you for an articulate, grown-up conversation about how the dynamic actually works. I'm in the UK, and while I don't think submissive is a term of insult, it does make people think that you have nothing to offer, only things to take. Yeah. And that, it's a very good way of explaining how a lot of people look at submissives, right? It's, oh, you're submissive, you know, what can I get from you? I really appreciate that comment, Lost Little, um, and yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. People who go on to Pornhub and comment the word comment, I remember my first time on the internet too. I forgot my glasses, so I'm straining at this a little bit. Sweet Titty Oblivion writes, 
Rough sex and porn often caters to the male gaze at the expense of female pleasure, but not what Ruby and Wicked are doing. Her reactions and their connection in scene are so authentic, genuinely hot, and very relatable for other subs bottom switches who are into rough sex. Brilliant disclaimer at the end, thanks for educating the horny masses. You are welcome. What a great comment. Golly Jen writes, Bonjour sexy. I'm a gay fan. Do you have Instagram? Yes. If you go to our profile page, you can find all of our social media links. Or, um, just a shout out to my gay fans. I'm very gay positive. I'm not, you know, it's not my particular leaning, but I enjoy our gay fan mail. I enjoy when gay fans reach out to us. I can say, you know, 100% that our page is a gay safe page. Like, we don't discriminate against people. There's never going to be any homophobia coming from us. Unfortunately, other people might, but I take that down as soon as I possibly can. But if you're a gay fan and you want to write to me or you want to write to one of my models, that's fine. Don't be afraid of that. We are, we're very gay friendly. Daria4498 writes, Everything about this is A+. I want to sign up and do it next. That bit at the end was like aftercare for the clip. This kink can be tricky, but fucking hell does it turn me on, and I truly appreciate the great material, and the assurance that I'm not supporting something exploitive as I explore this. That's why we wanted to start doing those disclaimers at the end, which we've received some blowback on. We're going to keep doing them. I don't like watching porn if I think that the actor or actress is being taken advantage of or abused, and for real. You know, obviously we, we make rough porn, so that can be seen as abusive, but it's not. It, this is consensual stuff. What we do is consensual. Who is ever in my videos is absolutely into what's going on. I don't make porn where I force people to do things they don't want to do, ever. I'm not into that, and I don't support that. So I do want to make it clear in our videos, because we do have very rough sex in our videos. I want to make it abundantly clear that I'm into it, and the model's into it, and everybody is fine at the end of the day. There's nothing wrong with exploring this kink, but do so in a safe, responsible manner. And finally, Como La Flor 2020. Thank you so much for this video. You've answered most of the questions I had in regards to what I'm currently dealing with. It can be difficult to seek advice on the subject without being judged or misguided. I'm new and still learning in regards to dom-sub relationships. So know that these videos are greatly appreciated. It's helped put some clarity on my feelings and what actions I need to take in order to move forward. Looking forward to next week's video. And I really appreciate that. That, that comment is why I wanted to do this podcast and this weekly video thing. As we get more questions and comments, and I have been getting a bunch, some of them I've been saving so that I can answer them all together in one video. Uh, so if you've reached out to us and you've left us a comment and you haven't heard anything or haven't seen it on here, we are getting to that. And I will try to write to you and make sure you know. Because we have gotten a lot of great feedback. We've gotten a lot of great questions. And if I can help you know, one person have an easier time understanding their kink or getting into BDSM or feeling supported and heard, then this is all worth it.
because I know it can be difficult out there. Even in 2020, with the internet and tons of places you can go, it can be very difficult to find answers for some of these questions, or just advice, or just someone to listen to you if you're having difficulty in a DS relationship. Our inbox is always open. There's a bunch of different ways to contact me. You can contact me directly at my email, you know, Instagram, Twitter, write me here on Pornhub. If you have questions for me that I can help with, if you ask me something that I can't help with, you know, I'll, I'll say, hey, I'm not qualified for that. But I can, I'll give whatever advice I can. I'm happy to do so. So, that wraps up this week's show. And I really enjoy talking to you again. Please write us, leave comments, and I'll see you next week.